welcome back to another episode of the whole 115 yards women's football podcast my name is freya and joining me as always is the lovely Lindsay. mate there's been a lot of football going on how are you are you ready to talk about it i am excited i'm scared i'm gonna forget something because so much has gone on and my tiny brain can't compute but i'm so excited to get on with it off we go that's why we make notes <laughs> yeah <laughs> We will kick it off, as always, with our lovely Aston Villa. We, well, we need every point we can get, really, don't we? Um, And we went away to Spurs. And judging on Spurs' performance, you know, they started the season off with a bang, but then they seem to have slowed down slightly, haven't they? So going into it, did you think we could have definitely got a point? But were we expecting the win is the big question. When we last played them, they beat us 4-2 and it wasn't a 4-2 game. It was just we made a couple of blunders and Martha Thomas was on a game and she literally punished us for every single thing we did wrong. Um, they were the better team, but it wasn't night and day better. So I think we were thinking, um, like Alicia did in her interview, they strengthened over the summer, they're stronger. You know, We can't think, oh, it's an easy game. We've got a really A game it. And, um, yeah, yeah, I was hoping for a point. I was hoping for three points, but, you know, I would have taken a point uh, going into that game. But then having watched how it panned out, if we hadn't taken three points, I would have been a bit frustrated. Because looking at the stats, they were all in our favour, weren't they? Uh, Watching it back. And even watching the match, we, it was probably the best Villa have played for a long time, wasn't it? Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. I agree that if they hadn't have managed to get the three points, a draw would have been frustrating. And actually, what a brilliant place to be that a draw draw is frustrating for what they got out of the match. So let's talk about our two goal scorers. So we had Adriana Leon, our Canadian superstar. She opened the scoring, didn't she? And yeah. brilliant to see her confidence really come into the fore and she's getting the results from it as well. And then we had Super Jordan Nobbs, and it looked like she was back in her Arsenal days, didn't it? That that strike from uh, just outside the box. Did you feel like we could have taken more chances, though? Do you think, even though we got the two past past keeper? Yeah, I think if we'd have been a bit more decisive and a bit more clinical with our finishing, we might have made it three-one. I think three-one would have been a a fairer result for the, the game um, but Dree played her usual style and she went on a run she won the ball back and then she ran from her own half to the opposition half and I thought it had bubbled wide I didn't realise it had gone in I thought it bubbled ra- wide gone around the back of the net and then rippled the net and then when the commentator went it's a goal I was like what <laughs> uh, but I was so pleased she didn't look to connect with it properly but she managed to get it in and I was just like, yeah, fantastic. And Jordan, like I said to you earlier this week, Jordan's been playing a new position since January and she's really come back to life as the Arsenal Jordan rather than Jordan that's trying to fit in. Um, And she's playing the best football of her life. So it's great to see. Again, it's that confidence coming back, isn't it? Because we know we know our quality. We we want to see it all the time, and it's just her. Well, it's the team actually, isn't it? It's making sure the team are in the right positions so that she can play to her best ability within that role. And you're right that that role does suit her a hell of a lot more. 
it also shows that actually when initially we lost Rich, people were saying, you know, we've lost over three matches. We've got a massive three matches coming up. But actually it's shown that we can survive without her. We're not reliant on her. And it's actually blessed in disguise that some other people have had a time to shine. Do you think? Yeah, and also the best thing that I think is that when we've played all season, everybody's gone, oh, we'll mark Rach out the game. So she had three, four players on her all game. And this has meant people have gone, oh, there's no Rach. So who do we mark? And it's like, do we mark Drew? Do we mark Percy? Do we mark Cy? Do we mark Kenza? Do we mark Jordan? Like, who do we mark? Because there is no direct outlet and who are we going to mark um and then it causes a, a conundrum doesn't it and it's that the the front three are so fluid in their movement that it makes it like you're constantly guessing who's going to be in the middle who's going to be at the back post and you just can't snooze on anyone and because we change our who's on the left wing who's on the right wing constantly it's like you can't just stick with the player and follow them across the pitch. You, you've got to just mark your space and it, it makes it more complicated. So I think losing Rach in some ways has been a blessing in disguise. It gives her a rest, um, which she needs, um, especially before the international break. Uh, but it gives her, this, like you said, a chance to shine and um, also a different way of a style of playing because then we can play more creative uh, rather than forcing it to rage to do something with the pressures off rage and the, the pressures back on the players to do what they can do and it's bringing the best out in them so yeah I was going to say that yeah absolutely the fact that it seemed like the game plan for ages was just get to rage wasn't it she, she'll convert she'll score for us but that when that wasn't happening that's when we saw the frustration and all that come yeah. forward so so actually Rach now in the international break, which we'll which we'll talk about in a minute, this is probably the best time for her. She's had that break from league football, and actually she can show her skills at her level, and hopefully Serena will play her in the right position for her, and she can come out come out the blocks just be like right. This is my game. This is what I need to do and need to prove as well. Because uh, I think going from Golden Boot winner last season to not really being in the running this season. Like, that must be a, a massive hit on her confidence as well, mustn't it? When she plays international level, she's not as well known. Uh, yeah, the Americans know her. Um, some of the ones that she's played with in the WSL know of her or know her. But some of the teams that we're going to play when we play internationals, they don't know of her. They just know Russo in the back heel. They don't know about Rachel Daly. So she's like our secret weapon. And I hope that Serena uses her in that fashion to make her you know a proper proper gold machine i hope so because this is the chance isn't it but we won't talk about it too much now we will wait yeah. uh, for that moment i just wanted to talk about though spurs it seemed like at one point they were making so many subs i know they only made was it total of their five one two three four five yeah so they only made uh the five that they could but it felt like they just had loads of people that could bring on and um, they were trying to get fresh legs on and trying to mix things up a bit. But they it just didn't work, did it? Which, you know, fantastic to Villa that, that they made it that hard. But the fact that we actually had some subs to bring on was quite nice. So how did you feel about... 
Learman starting for Kenza, what what did you think there? Did you think that worked? Kind of Kenza coming off the bench seemed to have a bit more fight about her, didn't she, when she came on? Yeah, I think so. I think Kenza's been a bit under the weather recently um, and she hasn't been herself. And I just think that that gave her like the energy to just throw herself in at the end of the game, like 100% and, and give 100%. And when the game's tiring and people are getting leggy, um, if you want to bring someone off like Jordan, who's creative, and you put Kenza on, then you're going to be like a second wave of threat rather than uh, just being, um, you know, oh, well, we're going to swap like for like and it's not actually going to change anything. It's actually giving that 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 depth. And um, one of the things I noticed was Carl was making substitutions with purpose. It's the first time I've seen him make proper substitutions. Yeah. And also, I think that um, she was doing like tactical change. Normally, we're like, "Why are you bringing that person on? Why are you bringing that person <laughs> on? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're not changing anything. You're making it worse." And and this time, we saw. I don't know if it's the the way that she's been allowed to manage, or she's got more subs, or she's got more depth. But she seemed to be able to be more tactical and respond and react to Spurs. But when Spurs brought Martha Thomas off and Beth England off, I was like, hang on a minute, they're, they're just parking the bus here. That's not what you do unless they're injured. I know Beth's carrying a knock, but like Martha Thomas, is she injured? Because like, she shouldn't be coming off because she, she should be on there to punish us at the end of the game. But it was great to see like the players come on. And in relation to the, the original question, um, which I've waffled around but not answered, <laughs> um, uh, Alicia playing with Nomeritz works. And it's probably the best that Alicia plays, having mm. that connection, um, that Swiss connection. But it, it did surprise me a little bit. But I was, I was up for it because I was like, well, Carla's obviously seen something that I'm not. And when I've seen the two play together, like they play really well together. So... It might be that that's better for uh, Noel to uh, to settle in, uh, but yeah. uh, I, I don't know. But it, it did make me question it. But I know Ken's has not been right for a while, so I just thought, well, maybe she's got the tummy bug that's going round, and she's been hit, and she's probably only fit for thirty minutes because we don't want them poorly and, and pushing through and being poorly on the pitch because it's just horrible at the best of times and that's the thing and because they said there was a couple of them that were out because you know uh, ebony Savin wasn't too well she didn't yeah. make an appearance which you know absolutely fine um because you're right we don't want to push anyone and the feeling of being not well when you have to perform do a job we've all been in that situation and gone oh no <laughs> i need to leave <laughs> i need to get off uh, so yeah so i would much rather no one be in that situation and brilliant news dan turner came back yeah, finally. Oh, we've missed her, haven't we? Uh, how good was it to see her back on the pitch? Fantastic. And she came back. Was it left back? She came on. Oh, no. uh, yes, uh, Maz came off, and she went. She went back at left back. Yeah, and I was so happy because that's her best position. Like I know she's playing in the centre, and that's how we play her. But she, um, she's absolutely phenomenal on, as left back. So I was just so pleased to see her there um, and coming on in a favourite position to yeah. just smash it, and she did. She did. She absolutely did. And just thinking about kind of the formation then and the lineup for the future, obviously we're still managing um, Dan's minutes as she's coming back, but do you reckon back line's going to look like now if Dan's able to come back 
and have more minutes? I'm not sure because we've got... Because the players were the back four, didn't they? So it was um, Maz, Noel, um, Patsy and Sarah at the back. Um, Because we all thought um, Noel would come on for Sarah Merlin, didn't we? Yeah. We thought because that's her, her natural position at right back, isn't it? So, so it could be interesting to see what see what Carla does with managing that because that that back four worked worked quite nicely, didn't it? It did, and I think it's good to have the rotation as well because then, like if if she wants, she can like put someone take someone off, put someone on. Um, it's definitely up to Maz's game because Maz is playing really well since she's been dropped to the bench. She's really pushing on, like fighting for a place. So I think it's going to push the level of quality of our defence up and hopefully everybody will keep up and anybody that gets left behind will either be moved on in the summer or will be on the bench. So, But, but any of those I'd be happy to have off the bench as depth anyway. So that they're better than bench players so it'd be great to see we won't be that predictable squad <laughs> that predictable sides that uh that some teams have mentioned that we are purely because we don't have anyone to rotate uh but now yeah. we're getting those options it's brilliant isn't it and of course we got to see a bit more of mary taylor didn't we in action yes what do you think i don't know if we've talked about mary before have we and um, what what do you think she's going to bring to to the squad well, I know that um, in the first game she was named in, she didn't play, um, and she came over to the fans and the fans were saying to her, um, they were giving her some stick and everything, and she was great with the fans. So I think she's going to be a fan favourite. I think it's going to be another Kirsty situation. Um, don't fall in love with a lone player. Um, they're not yours. But we saw her play and she was feisty and she was getting stuck in. I think if she can can control her diving in challenges and her aggression which is just holding back that extra second before you jump in and just making sure that she's not going to commit a foul then I think she'd be a perfect replacement for Lucy Stan um, when Lucy Stan is no longer with us um, but also she's got that bit extra clear she's not dying let's just no she's not dying <laughs> when she does go or if she's injured then it gives us that depth and I think she, she's spicy she's got a bit of Risha little John in her um in the way that she's a bit feisty but also I just think she'll be really good and with, with Lucy Parker coming back if 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 we can keep Miri beyond the loan mm. then I think her and Lucy Parker in the middle would be like oh that'd be brilliant wouldn't a it? recipe for success so because they're so willing to get their hands dirty I'm excited to see how, how it develops because I'm hoping that she can really do well and succeed so that's what I'm excited for but I've been pleased with her so far with everything that I've seen so her and Lucy Parker actually is like a little little double act in the center they're they're both like physically strong but also that they're, they're not afraid of a tackle they're no. they're not gonna roll around on the floor like they'll get back up and they'll keep working and i think that's what we've been missing quite a bit isn't it that yeah that threat through the middle and that that work rate in the middle as well i've been saying this all along haven't i yeah, Since yeah. we've been watching them properly i've been saying we need some depth in the middle we can't just rely on what we've got we need mm. someone to hold that middle 
and then use that as a launch pad to move forward. And then we've got all our creativity in front of us and we can do loads of that creativity, but we need someone in the centre to play like a Georgia Stanway role to hold it and give it someone like Kira Walsh um, using the England model to then get it forward. Yeah, to dictate that play and make it make it so much stronger yeah good and you can see um it just came out today that jordan was it she's up for player of the month and carla's up for manager of the month as well so we're finally back on that trajectory where the players are getting recognized carla's getting recognized and it's it's moving forward and we're back to to where we could possibly be um to, to really show that in the game as well, I was just looking, uh, we had four yellow cards compared to Spurs as one. <laughs> um, we were a bit cheeky. A little bit cheeky. Um, but what, oh, the final thing I wanted to mention, Jess Naz, what a fantastic talent she is. And she's also been called yeah. up to the under-23s, hasn't she, uh, out in Spain at the moment. She's like a bullet on the pitch, isn't she? And yeah. such a threat whenever she gets the ball. I'm expecting good things from her. Yeah, she, she was a really good player. So we watched her. We'll talk about it later. But um, I watched her in the under twenty threes, and I just thought, you know, if you, if if her playing with Beth England is a perfect double act, uh, or Martha Thomas and changing, like that's a really good setup there. She's 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 going to do well, and I hope to see her in the senior team because she is she is really good. I hope she carries on. And we've, of course, got the international break. And then after the break, match day 15 on Sunday, the 3rd of March, is Aston Villa at home to Liverpool. So let's have a quick look ahead uh, to what could be a really tight match. Let's quickly look at that then. So in the table... Liverpool are fifth with 22 points and Villa are currently eighth with 16 points. Liverpool's recent form, the Vaughan won, I say it only, two of the last five, um, drawn one, lost two. Whereas Villa, we've won three of the last five, drawn one, lost one. Now, Liverpool have shown, especially against Brighton, uh, they managed to get the win, 1-0 at the weekend as well. What are your thoughts about this one coming up? It's it's going to be tough, isn't it? Because that was our clangor at <laughs> the beginning of the season, wasn't it, against Liverpool? Yeah, I was going to say, we, we dropped the ball and we capitulated and we were our own demise in that game. Um, and I think if we can play like we did against Spurs... I think it'll be really tight, like you say, because Liverpool have got quite a bit more confidence than the beginning of the season. Um, they're comfortable in the table. They haven't got to worry about relegation as such, um, whereas we're fighting to get out of the bottom. And I think it's going to be really tight, but it's going to be an exciting game. Um, hopefully the fans don't boo Miri. Um, hopefully she's eligible to play as well, which she should be. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's a home game for us, so we'll be cheering the girls on nice and loud. So hopefully with the crowd behind them, the Villa girls should, you know, get something out of that game. Absolutely. Can can Mary play against a parent club? I'm not sure. It depends on what's in the contract. Ah, so watch this space then. Yeah, I just accepted that she couldn't play. <laughs> um, so we hopefully there won't be a blunder as in the Conti Cup. And if she... We won't get penalised for it, so it's all right. If in doubt, just don't play. Just keep her on the bench. Um, and, and don't do it, Carla, don't do it. But, yeah, so fingers crossed she can. 
Um, but I have, I have wholeheartedly accepted that, that we can't play. But yeah, I think, and it's a point to prove as well, yeah. isn't it? Uh, yes, we dropped the ball at the beginning of the season, but we're a completely different team. They're a completely different team. Um, so it's, it's all to play for really, isn't it? So yeah. that will be a very exciting one um, after the international break. Just briefly, we wanted to touch on some of the other matches on the weekend. I think it's game week 14, I believe, because it's 16 of the championship. Yeah, that's it. That's the right way around. Um, and probably, I want to say not the biggest shock, but one of the biggest moments was City beating Chelsea 1-0 at Kings Meadow. So from that outcome, that just gives City such a confidence boost doesn't it? Yeah, and it also breaks that top of the table wide open um, because I know that they're breaking away at the top, but it takes those points away from Chelsea that they would have potentially have had to begin to break away again um, from that group that's already broken away from WSL. Um, So I just think it's it's really opened things up. It's given them a load of confidence um, and I'd like to see how that affects them after the international break. The international break's come at a bad time for them because the momentum from that game yeah. would have really kicked them on. But we'll see. Um, but it's exciting. I know we play on last game of the season. Um, would I like them to win the league and see the cup at Villa Park being lifted? Obviously, we're not going to win it because we, we statistically cannot win it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not betting against us. But it'd be great to see that lifted at Villa Park at the end of the season as last game of the season um, yeah. and a change from Chelsea and Arsenal winning it so yeah it's, it's going to be exciting and I think it's going to really make Emma Hayes think about what she needs to do to win it this year in her final year in the WSL and she actually said in the interview we just weren't good enough you know she said I'm not going to sugarcoat yeah. it I'm not going to wax lyrical about it we just we weren't the better team on the day and, and that's you know that's football um, and she took yeah. it on the chin and I thought, you know, that that's the sign of a good manager because we see a lot of managers that come out and throw venom on other teams and point fingers and make excuses. And she just walked out and went, we weren't the better team. And I just thought, you know yeah. what, that's why she's so respected. Yeah, because she's very, she'll never sugarcoat anything, will no. she? And I think that's what we love about her, the fact that she's so straight talking and will say, well, actually... Yeah, you're right. We were, we weren't good enough. We didn't put away the chances. I did think Aaron Cuthbert was going to equalise at one point. And me. Because just, it just didn't fall, did it? It just, no. it, oh, it just didn't fall quick enough. But yeah, just, yeah, it was such a good game. But it wasn't until the last 10, 15 minutes that Chelsea kind of, it's like a bell rang and they went, oh, we could lose this. Yeah. We, we, oh, we, we need a goal. We, we need to get something. And then suddenly they came alive and... I don't know if it's a complacency or or what, but they're now level with points with City. So they're both on 34. Um, and it just shows you that, you know, goal difference, they're both on 28. So there's literally nothing in it. And we've seen it go down to the final game of the season. Um, yeah. Haven't we so many times? That's the first time City have beaten Chelsea at Kings Meadow as well. So since, since the WS- 2016. Yeah. 2016, which is mad. And uh, Gareth Taylor was saying in his interview, he was like, you know, we've never done it while I've been here. So we're on such a good run. We've got so much confidence yeah. that we wanted to come in here and we believed we could do it and we could win. <laughs> the only question that 
is came up from that match. Penalty or no penalty? Uh, <laughs> did you see the Alex Greenwood challenge? Oh, I thought it was a penalty. And I also questioned how she got player of the match when she got turned more than Tina Turner. But it's just, no, it was a penalty to me. And she she played well. She always plays well. But I thought she got rinsed by Ramirez, isn't it? The, the new, Ramirez. She, yeah, she she's was a phenomenal. She's absolute handful. And I just yeah. thought she might not have Sam Kerr's um, finesse, but mm. she's just like, she's just so physical. She's brilliant. Um, I dread us playing against her because I don't know how our defenders are going to contain her. Interesting. I don't, I don't know of a defender who, who will. I think the only person who could probably keep her away is Millie Bright, but obviously <laughs> she doesn't need to. Me on the same team. Yeah, I think that yeah. one. I was thinking Mayla Tissier was probably the only one that might be able to, to yeah. keep up yeah. with her and be physical enough because she's the only one that's physical to left that's not it's injured. True. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I was just there thinking, I, I, I don't know. Ooh, so, her versus Katie um, McCabe. That'd be a good one. Yeah, it will be. So that makes it really, really tight in the top, doesn't it? Um, and then, of course, Arsenal Man United. United's chances of getting getting in those top spots, it's it's going to be really tight for them, isn't it? So if they'd have won, they would have gone on twenty seven points, and Arsenal would have been on twenty eight points if United had won at the Emirates. However, it now looks like Chelsea on thirty four, City on thirty four, Arsenal thirty one, United twenty four. So there's a massive gap between third and fourth but Liverpool are only two points behind on 22 points so it just shows you like we said like every single point counts and United we know there's lots of issues going on there that could be a whole different podcast but what do you think the team need to do in order to turn it around because it felt like again I don't know how much you saw of that one but it felt like the game plan wasn't working they weren't connecting, but the last, again, 10, 15 minutes, it felt like the players went, we're not listening to you. We're going to, you know, we're going to use our initiative and do do our own thing. Um, and kind of that's when it came alive more and they had their chances. And I think it was, what, the 70th minute they got their first shot on goal. So, yeah. So what, what do you think United have to do if they want to just keep keep picking up points? The first half was just appalling and I, I don't know why they even bothered to turn up because that that first half was just so beneath them in performance levels. Um, but then the problem I guess we are doing is we're comparing them to the team of last season and they've got rid of so many people and then they've brought in new players. They all play different styles. They've all got different experience and they haven't clicked this season at all. They haven't clicked. And it's almost like they've been shoehorned into a model that they think is going to work rather than looking at players and going right that player's good at this that player's good at that so we're going to do this that and the other and I think at the end they just went we've got nothing to lose going home with nothing if they score on the counter it's going to it's not going to change anything um it doesn't matter We'll just go for it and see what happens. And that's why they managed to get one back. And and, because they they pushed and pushed. And, you know, you've got Lucia Garcia at at the back. um, 
tapping in because she's unmarked. But that's what she does. And she literally broke herself free. And when they started to play like they liked to play, yeah. and they ignored what was being said on the touchline, they, they played so much so much better. Um, and they became, began to compete. And it made the ending of the game fantastic. And with having that many fans there at the Emirates, it must have been a fantastic atmosphere. My friend went and she said it was electric all the way through. But to go in 3-0 at half-time, like that's got to have your heads down and then to come out and then at the end be like, oh, well, sod it, it's another goal, you know, it's 4-0 rather than 3-2, yeah. then, you know, but I, I thought I thought I did well towards the end, but Arsenal actually parked the bus in the second half as well when they were 3-0 up. They didn't carry on pushing for more and I thought Jonas would have carried on pushing because that's the only way to keep United down and pushed and get like four or five with the fans behind them rather than park the bus. But because they parked the bus, it allowed United mm. back in. Absolutely. And just the situation that they spent so much money bringing Jason, you know, a Champions League player, and they take her off because it's she's not finding that link-up player with Nikita Paris. It's just suddenly not working. And Rachel Williams is star striker, essentially, isn't she? Um, and she's pulled United yeah. out of some situations to the fact that um, with lots of people have been talking about it, that she should essentially be sharing Skinner's wages at this point because <laughs> she's got him out of that many uh, yeah. difficulties. But the fact that his get out of jail free card seems to be, oh, whack Rachel Williams on. It's it's not the best game plan, is it? It's not working up until the 70th minute. No. Let's get Rachel on. It's, it's, they need to do something better than that. They need like a structural tactical change rather than just bringing her on because she can't do it week in week out all by herself I mean she's a fantastic player but she's going to get bored and frustrated of being that person to keep digging you out of a hole and she's going to get to a point where she's going to be like nah I'm done with this I'm going to go back to plastering and I'm going to you know just carry on with that you know she's just going to be fed up so it's a shame she's not getting the support that she's not getting Mm. more minutes um, but it's almost like uh, I told you so every time she scores, like you should have played me, yeah. I told you so. Um, but she's so humble, she doesn't have that vibe about no. her. But you could understand why another player would, would go like that. But yeah, I think they need to change something and they need to have like one plan and if it doesn't work, a different tactical structure but that involves changing more than one player. And then changing the dynamic, so where the, the which direction the, the balls are going to come from and all that kind of thing, and, and do that. And then that will make it work better. Yeah. And there needs to be I more think. of a an identity and kind of that, that love of football back again. Because, um, again, just even watching the players, they're, they're just don't look right do they they don't they don't look happy um and you just want them to be in the best environment for them so it'd be interesting to see you know does skin and have a job at the end of this and if he does okay well what what are they going to do do to change it okay just wanted to touch briefly on uh brighton liverpool wasn't much to separate the two sides at all in fact just one goal um liverpool got the win but there was a change in the refereeing. 
because there was an issue, an injury, we think, to, I believe it was Phoebe Cross who was on in the first half. And in the second half, um, Emily Heaslip came on, who has, you know, had questions, you know, is she a bit card happy? Is she or is she the standard we need to be at? You know, um, you can you can argue both sides. But there was a massive change in in what was happening during the match. And you almost feel like the ref who starts it maybe should have had that chat and said, right, well, I've been letting these little things go. Let's keep that flow. Let's keep that consistency. But it just, yeah, it seemed to go a bit crackers in the second half. Uh, what what did you think of it? Did you, did you notice a difference? Yeah, so to me, it was a little bit like you got a really good supply teacher for the first half of your lesson. And then you've all been a little bit cheeky and a little bit naughty, but she's keeping control of it and you're all pacified. And then for some unknown reason, she leaves. Off. And then you get the head of the year come in and they literally hammer you for literally every single thing wrong. And that was what it felt like. And it changed the, the mood of the game, the attitude of the game, the way the players were reacting. And I think... That was the tactical substitution of the game. And I don't know which side for, but it was it was clearly that was the biggest impact on the game, more than the substitutions or the players themselves. And this is the thing with her. They know that she's card happy. And like you said, is that standard we should be at? Because there's a lot of inconsistent refereeing. At least she's consistent being card happy. Mm. Um, but then when you hear like referees have to give out so many cards or you know hit these targets or that targets it makes you think like we've had an issue with refereeing all season and last season and before that and you know do we need professional referees and do they need to be more standardized or is it like oh oh oh, pants we've got this referee well, that's going to be three of our players sent off before half time, and we we shouldn't be like that. And it just makes you question the integrity of the referees. And you know, I appreciate different people have different styles. Like we're both teachers. Your teaching style is very different to my teaching style. Um, it doesn't mean that your teaching style is any better than mine. It just means that we're just a bit different. Um. And we still get the same results and the kids are happy. So it's just, yeah, I just, mm, it's a big question. I think it's something that the FA need to look into in the summer and, and bring out guidelines that are more, so the players know where they stand, so they're not getting carded mm. for nothing. But at the same time, other players aren't getting off with metaphorical murder. Like the Poppy Patterson. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because in that first half, you had um, Vicky Lassard, obviously captain. Um, now, we know Spanish European um, players are very much not touchy feely, but very, what's it called? Touch. Anyway, um, so Vicky Lasada went over to talk to the ref in the first half and she kind of like touched her arm. Um, and you could see the ref go, no, not appropriate. And she, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, sorry. Like, you know, I didn't mean that. I just meant, you know, I want to talk to you. And I think there's that difference in culture as well, isn't there? Because I thought immediately, I know that ref knew she didn't mean any harm with what she did. But yeah. any other ref, like the one that came in the second half, um, she probably would have got carded for that because it would have been seen as 
a, an arm grab when it was a you know. We've seen Kate McCabe do it, and she does it to charm the referees so she doesn't get a, a, a yellow card. And we've seen her do it, and she grabs, she physically grabs them, whereas the continental way is very... Um, uh, tactile. Very, that's uh, the word. Tactile. Tactile, there we go. It's very tactile, and, and that's the way they are. And it's just, it's, it's not a grabbing with intent. It's just a, I just want to make contact with you so that yes. you know that I'm physically here, and I want your attention. Um, like a little child tapping on your knee. It's just a very gentle, subtle thing. Whereas Katie McCabe is more like a, a, a Chandler or Ross from Friends, like a how are you doing kind of thing um, when she does it to try and charm her way out of trouble. So that was definitely Joey, but that's fine. Joey. Sorry, I don't watch Friends. Tom will tell me off. But yeah, Joey. But it's, it's that kind of thing where they're, they're a bit more tactile. Yes, absolutely. And again, that needs to be understood and interpreted correctly throughout throughout the game. And there was issues as well, um, refereeing in the championship, um, which we'll probably discuss another day. But yeah, the Sunderland-Lewis match, Sunderland won, 4-3, woohoo, um, right at the depths. Uh, but again, the refereeing was so inconsistent in that match as well. And again, we need to, if we want to drive standards, we want to improve, then we need to look at every area, don't we? And make sure it's yeah. a game that is professional um and everyone is held to the highest standards um so not just the refs but you know um fourth official lines people players staff etc we we want the best and we want to get better um not just kind of stagnate or accept oh well this is the women's game this is how it is which no it is not and the last thing i wanted to talk about is the Italian superstar duo of Martina Piemonte and Aurora Galli in Everton versus West Ham. Now, West Ham coming into it, they've won their last two matches. Everton have lost their last four. So odds were on West Ham to get a result, to get the three points. Everyone kind of thought Everton will, you know, they might, might give them um, a bit of a run for their money, but ultimately West Ham will probably win it due to all their signings in the summer, due to how they've been playing, getting a result against Arsenal. And you think, yeah, West Ham probably win that one. Um, but there was hardly anything in it, to be honest. It was nil-nil right up until, what, the 83rd minute or something like that. Um, now, Iweki had the best chance in the first half, but that was pretty much it. Uh, the one that came closest to goal. Then Vivian Assay had the ball in the back of the net, but it was ruled out for offside. So West Ham did have their chances. They just couldn't couldn't put it away. So, um, you know, fair play to the Everton defence. They just, they just couldn't break it down. And then the magic happened. Um, so Yaya, so that's Aurora Galley for those who don't know. Um, Yaya had, um, they won a free kick. She takes the free kick and Martina Piemonte being quite tall, she gets there first, heads it into the net. Perfect, lovely, one nil up, they're getting the three points. Then a couple of minutes later, um, they swap round. So Martina flicked the ball onto Yaya and she managed to get the ball into the back of the net from, from a lovely little strike. It was quite nice on the actual scores and the results kind of goal assist, goal assist. And they had it, they had it for each other. And it was just, it was, it was a well-deserved win. And again, it just shows you right until the end, 
you, you don't know, do you, who's going to win? Because when the teams take their chances, then the magic can happen. We've seen Everton battle, haven't we? And we've seen how they've battled and battled and battled and fought and fought and fought. And what for the points? And, yeah, uh, yeah and it's, it's just, I think it's a matter of who wants it. And in those last 10 minutes when legs are tired and concentration isn't there, yeah. then if you've got fresh legs to bring on or, you know, think people that are game minded and very knowledgeable that can just come on and go, right, we're going to do this and they can make a difference, that's that's what, what, what it takes. But it was, it was, it was a good game. To, it, was, well, it was a slow game, it was a slow burner. And then mm. the last 20 minutes, it got a bit exciting. And I was like, oh. That's the thing. It seems like the last 20 minutes of each game, suddenly that's where the magic was happening. Yeah. But if we then look back to the table, so Villa again are on 16 points. Everton are on 14 points. West Ham are on 11. So are Brighton. And then Bristol are down at the bottom on six. So again, I think we said it last time, those last four or five spaces are going to change so much between now and the end of the season. It's just so unpredictable and that's, that's brilliant because we've now got a bit of a race at the top, more so than ever. We've got that battle at the bottom. It's not as intense as the championship, but uh, we've finally got um, some drama, haven't we, that will we'll end, um, will go to the end of the season. But unfortunately, that Everton game also saw um a really nasty injury um to carol ollison uh did did you see it i i, I tried not to because i'm squeamish ah so uh it was a late challenge uh from katrina gory i think and she comes in and you kind of hear her reaction which was awful especially when you've got a smaller crowd one camera it's, it was very close to the camera as well so you, so you did hear her well you heard her crying didn't you yeah and you think okay if someone's have to be stretched off with oxygen, it's it's not great. They thought it was a broken leg, um, but she's had to have stitches in her quad because um, she had a tear. She had a tear in her quad, um, so still nasty, but not the dreaded three letters. Not a not a break, but still a considerable spell on the sidelines. So our hearts do go out to Carol. Hope you feel much better soon, and um, we can't wait to see you back. But yeah, so that was a really unfortunate way to um, bittersweet victory. Yeah, that one. perfect. Okay, so anything else about the WSL before we talk about international? I was just going to say the Bristol City game. Um, yes. I just want to give a shout out to Bristol City because they have this season, they might be at the bottom of the table, but they play their heart out in every game. And Absolutely. and I think that when you've got a team that is possibly one of the most clinical going forward, but is out also at the bottom of the table. And I say that because mm-hmm. all their goals come on a counter against a runner play. And they might not be winning the games, but they're scoring goals and they're taking on 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 teams and, and, and they're doing really well. So I just want to shout out to the girls there because their heads are probably down because they're near the bottom of the table. But they definitely deserve recognition for what they've achieved so far because they're fighting spirit. Like you think, oh, they're down and out, you know, they don't care, you know, they've accepted they're going down. And they're like, nope, I'm, I'm coming for you, I'm coming for you, I'm coming for all the points. And that's what we love to see about WSL. And that's why when we talked about it at the start of the, the season, we said you can't underestimate the teams that come up because they're so hungry. And sometimes, yeah. like when you see in the men's FA Cup, it's a team that's hungry and wants it. 
that takes it away because the other team's gone, oh, it's, it don't need to turn up today. I just wanted a big shout-out to the girls. Uh, and they did score some bangers at the weekend. They did, yeah. And in fact, they they went up. Uh, Fionn Morgan, it was a mistake by uh, the keeper, Cop, I believe she's called, um, and gave possession away. So Bristol took their chance and they scored. You know, 20 minutes in, they're 1-0 up. Um, unfortunately, Leicester do have a brilliant Japanese duo in Mumiki yeah. and Takarada, um, who then got the next two goals. But then Amelie Thestrup, fantastic run from her, um, brought them back to 2-2. So actually, within, you know, 50 minutes or so, and even up to the 60th minute, it was still all to play for. They could have come back and they could have got um, it could have got a point. However, um, Rantala in the 76th minute um, had a lovely finish from her. And then 16-year-old Denny Draper comes on yeah. um, and scores her first goal for the club in the 89th minute. So, again, there's that future of football coming through, isn't it? The youth coming yeah. through, but being given the chance to actually come through and score and, and make a mark. So, yeah, I think we've said it before, haven't we? Leicester are kind of quietly going about their business and they're being steady, they're being consistent. And, yeah, a lot of people aren't really taking much notice of them, which is quite sad because they're seventh. They've got 16 points. You know, they're just above us, just below Tottenham. And, yeah, it seems like they don't get enough recognition, to be honest, with Leicester. Um, but, yeah, completely with your Bristol shout out um they're doing phenomenally well considering you know the lack of funding compared to the other WSL teams and it makes you think really coming from the championship into the WSL there needs to be more of a cushion or like a, a something to help those teams because there's a massive jump from championship to WSL and you just don't want to see teams your your and dear yeah battles and forwards so so yeah that could be interesting when new call comes in um to see to see if they do change anything um if we have or, more teams going up and down that might help because that might mean that there's more yeah if there was two in the relegation and promotion yeah there's more teams in the more yes. more more teams in the league and more teams go up and down then it makes it even more competitive but if there's more games for them to play then hopefully it all allow yeah, for the funding gap to be less obvious. Yeah, because at the minute, we just don't want to have that one poor team from the championship come up and not be able to compete. Because uh, like I said, Bristol have done a fantastic job, but yeah. they're on six points, Brighton are on 11. It's just, is that too much of a gap? Um, and they've essentially, their, their fate is sealed. We hope not, but then we don't want to lose anyone else at the same time do we um no. so yeah so that wraps up our wsl talk for the week now it is also a really good time to talk about international break now england we are recording this on friday the 23rd of february there are 13 international matches happening right now uh we put them all on our socials um, and I will be updating them with the uh, results as soon as everyone has played. So we've got things like promotion and relegation first leg playoffs for the UEFA Women's Nations League. There's also the semi-final in the Women's Nations League and there's also the international friendlies for the teams that didn't qualify <laughs> for anything, including the Lionesses. So let's talk about the squad first up. Um, are you happy with who got called up or do you reckon there's some 
big names that are missing that to be fair for friendlies they could have just come um i would have taken um nikita paris um yes she's the big name that everyone's talking about isn't she because um uh, not to echo what everybody else is saying but she's the most informed english striker and she's not getting the minutes and she's still delivering on the goals and i just think what has nikita got to do to be noticed and be taken i would have had her as an extra player in our squad or i would have dropped someone and then taken her in their place um but nobody wants to drop anybody so it's a bit hard but yeah Nikita Paris is a big one I think she's been massively overlooked um great to see uh Grace Clinton included um and Jess Park Jess Park's playing a blinder at the moment so it's great to see her yeah she's on fire at City yeah absolutely so so for me and, and Beth Mead would I have rested her for a little bit longer um I should just be worried about her coming back too fast, too soon. When it's a game, games that we don't, we don't need her for. Well, we do need her. Don't get me wrong, but it would be nice to have her. It's, it's, it's not imperative that she's yeah. there. It's not like it's the World Cup. It's just one of the yeah. things where I think I probably would have rested her this one and said, "Look, Leah's not going to come. You two go away, do extra training at Arsenal." but you're not coming with us on international duty. And, um, you know, so you, you're still in, in, the, in, the, in the setup, but you're not fully in the setup just because you're not fully fit. And then we'll look at it next call-up um, when you, you are fit. And do that, that's what I would have done. But And left the door open. Like when we went to the World Cup, we took uh, Maya and Lucy Stan, and they were told the door's open, you can come with us. In case somebody yes. drops out, Standby, they? Yeah. and it's up to you. So I would have done that kind of thing, but yeah, it's just it's just horrible. Like, there's so many good players. It's like who do you take? And when you look at the under twenty threes, it's like so many knocking on the door. It's like, well, who do you take? Like, and that's a good thing, isn't choice. it? Because the under twenty threes, like the future is so bright for women's football. Looking at that squad, and you think people who've already yeah. played. So I know. Uh, Jess Park was there, Katie Robinson's still there, Aggie Beaver-Jones, you've got, uh, there's just so many names, Freya Gregory coming through, um, who needs more minutes at Villa, just to put that out there. Um, but there are so many, um, Jess Naz, that you just, you want to see succeed and come through. So I really like the idea that Serena said in a press conference that they're all out together so they can keep an eye on the under-23s. And they invited, I think it was, uh, was it Lizelle, Naomi Lizelle from Bristol City? She she went to training with them the other day. Um, and it's given them the opportunity to train with the seniors and know what's expected of them, which is what we've all yeah. been calling for Serena to do, isn't it? Have, you know, have that rotation. And I think what some people have been saying as well, and I kind of agree, wouldn't it have been really good to, yes, keep the key players, but... And I don't know if they're capped with the squad that they can take, but surely take some fringe players, take some people that you've never took before and just see how they fit, see how they do. Because we've all said Maz Pacheco, haven't we, for, for years, um, you know, involved with with the youth teams, but then just didn't make it through to the seniors. And 
her work rate has been phenomenal, you know, this season and last season. So it'd be nice to maybe have like a wild card per se, um, joining joining the squad. What yeah. what do you think about what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that would be really good. And I think it's something where even if like you don't name them in the squad, if you've got a seat on the plane, like you can say, if you want to know what it's about and how far you off you are from coming, then you can come and train with us or come train with us to see at what level you need to be at to get where you need to be and show us what you're made of so that we can see you in that setup. And I think that that would be really good. But it, there's so many fringe players as well that it's quite hard. But I think uh, Maz has said on her, log, uh, on her vlog, um, mm. she's ready for international football now and um, she she wants to play. So it's coming to a crunch time, I think, for her in England, whether she makes it with England or whether she goes to the Philippines. It is the Philippines, isn't it? Philippines, yeah. Yeah. Philippines, yeah. yeah. And um, and goes to the Philippines and plays for them because she said, you know, I should be representing my country. Yeah. And, and she should, yeah. And uh, she should. And she's dual nationality. So, you know, she's got two that she can represent. It's a bit like Sandy McKeever. Yeah. Um, and, um, you yeah, know, she's gone to Scotland. Uh, and she's getting the, the minutes there yeah. um, because she's never going to break into the England squad. And I just think Maz might have to do the same thing for her. Um, Risha Littlejohn's done the same. Lucy Quinn, another one that's gone. I'm not going to get in the England team, so I'm going to go through my routes to you know Ireland and play for Ireland. Yeah. Um, in fact, most of the Irish team aren't even Irish, are they, <laughs> at one point? So, um, but yeah, it's just it's just good that. Um, I think that they should have like some open training and rest like key players that are playing loads and loads of minutes like Lucy mm. and just say like, well, we want you to be in a coaching role to give them that experience for post playing. And so we want you to coach this lot and lead or mentor and see what you can do and then just see what comes of it. And I think that that would be a really good setup for those that, have been through the England pathway but haven't gone straight to seniors um, because there's been people like Ellen White in their way. So, because you're never going to dislodge Ellen White until she retires. So it's just waiting for people like them to come through. Um, And as well, because we've seen uh, Mia Fischel has sustained ACL while on international duty. Uh, Jamie Finn came out today that she's done her ACL on international duty. And Emma Hayes said, you know, in one of her interviews, which I think, I don't know if it was this year or last year, but she was on it and she said, you know, it's the window between international and and club football. It's with the traveling, it's the extra load, it's the extra, you know, we need to be communicating more so that this doesn't happen. And that's what we've seen, isn't it? All of these injuries have happened either during international um, camps or, or just after when when that Lord's changed again. So yeah, I really hope people, because there's more attention on it now, that they're really going for it in terms of why is this happening? Let's look at Lord, let's look at, you know, UEFA, FIFA, whoever, the FA, they need to look at the calendar, don't they? Because it's not, it's not on. Then looking ahead to these friendlies, you know, we've got Austria and Italy. And within the Austrian squad, for example, we've got Manuela Zinsberger, we've got, let's have a look, um, Sarah Zadrazil, we've got Laura Feisinger, you know, we've got some massive names in there. 
uh, Marie Horbinger uh, from Liverpool. And so they're going to put up a, a good fight, I think, Austria, because they're, they're a side that are building, aren't they? They're, they're definitely not ones we, could, we can sleep on. And within our last five, um, England have won their last five meetings with Austria. And then for Italy as well, again, some massive names in the Italian squad. You've got Giuliani, Batoli, uh, Boatin, you've got Gamma, you've got Caruso, Dragoni, who I think still 17. She's uh, incredible. Yaya, we've got Martina Piemonte, you've got Bonansea, Bonfantini. Like, you've got so many Girelli, Giacinti, like, so many incredible names. Um, and they've just released their starting lineup for their match against Republic of Ireland, which is starting very soon. Um, uh, Martin Piemonte is starting as the number nine. Woo! Um, so I'll have to wear my Piemonte shirt uh, when we when we get off this and uh, in uh, in support. So really, really happy for her. Um, and she's in in form at the minute for Everton as well. So he's looking at the last results out of the last five. We've only won the last three. Um, won three of the last five, sorry, not the last three in a row. Uh, we've drawn one and lost one. So odds, odds are quite good. But again, like we said, this is a completely different Italian team. So uh, I can't wait, to be honest. So um, England, Austria is on tonight on ITV, I believe. I could make that up. And then on Tuesday, we've got England versus Italy and they're all over in Spain. Uh, very jealous of everyone who has gone over. I managed to get tickets. I wish I wish we could be there as well. Um, but yeah, safe travels to those who have gone. So hopefully... This is the start of, like Serena says, our Euros, our Euro journey, our Euro 2025 journey. And hopefully she does come up with some new formations, tries new things, because this, this is the time, isn't it? So fingers crossed, we get two wins, we get our confidence back and we've left the Nations League um, sadness. <laughs> And also shout out while we're doing shout outs, uh, Franz Stenson as well, in 23 scorekeeper, um, for saving that penalty against Spain. So, uh, finished 3 1 to the Spanish side. Um, however, they did, they put up a really good fight in the first half, and it was just, um, unfortunately, um, I think it was one of them, they just watched it all trickle in, didn't they, into the goal. Like, no, can't, can't do it, can't save it. Um, so, yeah, so, um, again, the future is very bright for our young lionesses. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. I think we've kept quite succinct this week. Well done us, we're improving. Um, now, if you want to follow us, because of course you do, you can like, follow, subscribe, whatever you need to do across all socials. We are the whole 115 yards everywhere, I believe, or variations thereof. Um, if you want to follow me personally, I'm at T4AT writes. And you can also see me in particular, and also Lindsay's gonna have some guest appearances at some point on the absolutely WSL and Women's Championship show, which is live every Wednesday at 8.30. So you can come and join us on social media, come and join the conversation. Uh, we can't wait to hear from you. So thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.